everyone this week, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Customer Success Podcast brought to you by Plan Hat. Plan Hat is software for customer success, and it is beautiful, easy, and intuitive to use. This week, I got to talk with Carrie Keeling, the Head of Customer Success Enablement and Capability at Oracle. She's been there for about eight months, but her experience in customer success goes way back. It's ever since she was working in a Ford dealership before it was even called customer success and people had this trendy term. So she has a lot of great things to say. We talk about how to make customer success a part of your company culture, about some of the strategies and programs that she's heading in Oracle, and also some of the things like what she looks for when hiring a new customer success manager when she's building a team, and advice for those of us just starting out in customer success. So take a listen. (laughs) How did you get from, so you grew up in the Bay Area, so you grew up in San Francisco then? I did, in the, in the Bay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, how did you go from San Francisco to, like, tell me about where you started and then how you moved out of the tech center into Idaho, because that's a, a great story, I think, as well. <laughs> yeah, well, for for me, my dad was in the uh, Navy for 25 years, and as a young girl, we were up and down the California coast the majority of his career because he was on nuclear submarines. And so when he got out of the Navy, he decided, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go fishing. That's what I'm going to do with my retirement. You know, you could find me on the river if you want to talk to me. <laughs> and so he left and I stayed behind. And, um, you know, in the Bay at that time, um, I was making peanuts for, for I mean, money. I mean, it was, I was probably barely scraping by on minimum wage and it was just, it was really hard as a single young lady. It was very difficult for me to really get a good head start on, you know, living not necessarily comfortably, but at least not in, in poverty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I couldn't, I just could not get lift off. And so I decided this isn't working. I still want to be in, in, you know, I still want to be exposed to California. I love California. It's, you know, it's near and dear to my heart, but this isn't working. So I moved to Idaho um, just in time for my dad. Uh, He was having some health problems. So uh, I came to help and, and like I said, I wasn't working anyway. So it was kind of planetary alignment. And, uh, and then from there, I just fell into technology and my roots in California still continue because I've always worked for California based companies. So it's like, I'm constantly back and forth, which is great. Cause now I've got the best of both worlds. I get to live where I want. I get to work how I want and be in the industry that I choose. So it's, it's kind of similar to your Sweden story. You know, it's like you get all of it and it's really cool, you know, cause not many people can say that. No, yeah, and like you really did find the perfect balance there. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. I have to tell you, Megan, I'm I'm lucky. I'm really I'm lucky. It's you know, I feel very very blessed to be in the position that I'm in. That's great. And was your job that you had before you moved to Idaho was that in tech as well? What was that job? No, all <laughs> things that was um, working at a Ford dealership. Okay. And. I had started doing some of their quality care campaign commercials and their training videos, which 
has its roots in customer success in the automobile industry because they were really talking about at that time, and this was like in the in the um, early '90s. So don't look at my age, but anyway, <laughs> um, in the early '90s, they were trying to figure out, you know, how do you get customers for life? Because they had decoded that one customer that bought a car from Ford was a potential one hundred thousand dollar reoccurring lifetime customer. Yeah. So. You know, you can kind of see like the, the the similarities across industries where customer success is really kind of starting to get, you know, even in, in the early days where it's starting to get its foothold, where people are starting to think about, you know, how do I get these people, you know, with me and how do I continue to build value throughout that customer's life? So that's how I got my start in job in the job industry. And then when I moved to Idaho, I got into tech. I was moving into telephony. Um, okay. So that's, um, you know, think internet networks, um, voice over IP, that kind of thing. How did transitioning from, uh, the Ford dealership with kind of customer success, but you didn't know that it was really customer success. Um, how did that transition go to the tech world? Right. So I actually, I would probably say that I got my true starting customer success in the telephony, um, side of technology. So, you know, when you think about telephony and when voice over IP started to hit the market, and this was again, probably, I want to say in the mid nineties. So again, you know, treat my age like the sun, just (laughs) don't stare. Um, But, uh, but in any case, I, when you think about voice over IP on top of a broadband connection, you're really talking about a recurring subscription type economy, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was early on in my experiences on the t- in, in telephony, it, I was a product manager. Now, um, on the internet side of the world, product managers are different from what you would expect a product manager to be in software. So in software, a product manager really kind of helps to design the platform, what the functionality is, they manage the roadmap, so on and so forth. In telephony, a product manager is really more on the marketing side and they're responsible for product and positioning and pricing and promotion and making sure that um, you're able to retain and grow. So there's the success words. You're you're able to to retain and grow your customer base. And for me, I was responsible for these products um, in a go go to market strategy as well as growth and retention of a subscriber base across twelve different um, SMB markets. Uh, in Idaho, Las Vegas, and Washington. And um, so through sheer dumb luck, by the way, it wasn't anything, I didn't have a fantastic mentor that I was learning things from or anything like that. It was sheer dumb luck trying to figure out, you know, how do I get my customers to sign longer contracts? How do I get them to stay with us? Um how do I get them to refer other people to us? And how do I get them to buy more? Because the one thing, you know, that they're buying is great, but we want more, right? And so I did that for about 11 years. And I would probably say that that's, 
you know, early on, that's really kind of what we're seeing in the early days of customer success as well, right? So you think about your subscription economy, you're protecting your revenue, you're making sure that you're able to retain and grow your customer base, you're making sure that they're adopting your, you know, your services or your your programs, your platforms, anything else that you may be providing, right? So really, it's, it's, it's almost, you can draw a direct line between what we see in customer success and software today and early days um, in telephony. Yeah, I mean, what was that like having no, like you're just dumb luck, like going at it, like just trying to make something, what was that experience like and what were some, what were some great things that you learned from that? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, don't, and by the way, don't let me fool you. I made my share of mistakes as well. Um, you know, I mean, again, because it really is a lesson in experimentation of trying to figure out, you know, what is sticky. I think for me, my biggest learning was uh, time to value. So when you're deploying a, a telephony network to an organization that's built on a wide area network and you're trying to connect offices together with communications, that can take a long time to prop up a network like that. And so for me, what I was able to determine just through running a, you know, a couple of different metrics and, and understanding um, what my customers were saying and hearing their feedback, time to value was the thing to decode. Uh, back then. But again, even today, which is really interesting because we talk a lot about in customer success today on the software side of the world, we talk a lot about time to value and making sure that our clients are receiving it because we already know that when customers don't get time to value, you're going to end up with a churn problem. And telephony is not different. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So tell us about your role at Oracle now. Sure. So right now, I joined Oracle about eight months ago, and uh, what I'm doing right now is I'm actually heading up their employee success programs. So we have 500 and some odd uh, customer success managers that are supporting Oracle's SaaS businesses. And what we're what we're trying to do is, you know, when you think about Oracle SaaS business and the way that it came to be, um, a lot of the the cloud platforms have been acquired from Oracle, and so those, you know, and, and they're acquiring the professionals that are support that are supporting those platforms as well, which is inclusive of the customer success teams. And so what we're trying to do is, you know, as we continue to grow and scale the operation, what we want to do is enable all of our customer success managers to deliver customer success best practices that we see, you know, out in the market today. So things along the line of standardizing on a customer, uh, a bigger pardon, on a quarterly business review or an, um, you know, an executive level annual business review or um, uh, account planning. How do you strategically set up a plan with your client to continue to get them to adopt products, programs, um, and, you know, various technologies. How do you how do you leverage your existing relationship to cross sell other technologies that will help, you know, meet those businesses needs and even exceed those businesses needs? So what I'm trying to do today is deliver programs that enable customer success managers, in short, to be the best CSMs that they can possibly be. 
Mm-hmm. Nice. And what are some um, kind of best practices that you found so far? And and how do you get that, you know, work in one area and then globally, you know, because I feel like different regions are going to be different. Um, like, how is that a challenge? Sure. Yeah. Scale is a scale is a thing. Um, so right now we're focused, um, on North America, but we are, you know, but I am sharing a lot of best practices globally with other leaders so that, um, they can then choose to adopt and, and deploy these programs to their teams as well. So I do a lot of, um, a lot of communication with other global leaders and management, um, in, you know, JPAC, EMEA, um, those types of areas. And simply put, I'm sharing what we're doing in the U S. Um, but I guess, well, I have another question for you because I've, you know, read some things that you've written about, like creating a a mindset or a culture of customer success in a company and with Oracle, it's so big and you have so many different kind of layers of that. Um, what would you, or I guess, what are some of your thoughts on creating a culture for in a small company and then how do you do it in a bigger company? Yeah, I think that, you know, when you're, when you're in a smaller organization or you're early on in your, in your company's journey, you know, really you want to inject customer success into the DNA of your, of your organization. So I would, I would probably say that you would want to go a little bit farther than just having it make a a mindset, right? Because you, you want to span the gap between being cognizant of your customers and, really, really understanding what it means for your clients to be successful with your services, your technologies, or whatever it is that you're providing. And, you know, when you're, when you, when you are beginning in your early days, it has to start from the top. It has to, it has to come from the board. It has to come from the the CEO. It has to come from, you know, all of the VPs and anybody else within that organization so that they are effectively walking the walk. If you'll forgive my air quotes, it's, you know, you really need to make sure that um, the CEO and his leadership or her leadership team are all in on what it takes to make a customer successful. And for me, you know, it doesn't matter whether you call your team customer success or customer adoption or, you know, anything along that line. But at the end of the day, as a team and as a group, the best interest of your clients is really what you're aiming for. Mm -hmm. You are thinking about a larger global organization such as Oracle. It's not different. It has to begin at the top. Um, you know, and so the senior staff within Oracle, um, you know, they have to absolutely believe in the best practice, you know, in, in bringing the best possible services and products to their clients. They have to believe in creating customers for life. Um, and truthfully, in an, or in an organization like Oracle, the numbers are the proof. Whereas, you know, when you're thinking about in your early days, if you're a startup or even if you're, you know, kind of in you, if you're an embryonic startup and you don't maybe even have your first 100 clients yet, you know, it, it may be a little more challenging to think about or to see the proof in the metrics, right? What do your churn metrics look like? What do your retention look like? What's your adoption look, you know, rates look like? Um, you know, are you gaining upsell or cross-sell from your existing client base, right? So again, 
you know, when you're early days, it can be kind of hard to track those numbers. They may not be there yet. But in, in an organization like Oracle, I mean, they show up. You can see, you know, you can pull reports, you know, month over month across n number of months, and you can see kind of the fruits of your efforts. So I would probably say that, you know, it is a little bit when you think about a larger company, it is a different mind shift in that. Focusing on the end result of the client, which is that person or that company's success with your products, that is a little bit different from, you know, old school enterprise software, right? So that's more of like your, here's your server, here's your platform, we set it up and we'll go, you know, knock down the other deal, right? But more and more and more cloud platforms are dictating that that is quite old school and the way of the past. Um, so again, I would say that really the metrics show in a larger organization, whether you're building customers for life or not. Um, and what's fantastic about Oracle is the passion um, is absolutely there across all quadrants of the organization. So even though it may feel a little more challenging, I probably would argue that, yeah, it's got its challenges, sure, but it seems to me like it would be, it's, it's a little more easy because the senior staff, um, you can just listen to them speak in the, uh, you know, in every conversation they have, it turns into what's best for the customer. How do we service the customer the best? How do we leverage, you know, our technologies to get our customers winning? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess, so what are some ways that um, the senior people ensure that it's a responsibility of everyone in the company to be customer minded? Uh, are there any strategies that the uh, like upper levels have or? <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Well, I mean, you know, yes, the comp structure does uh, make, you know, help with with uh, focusing on customers that are successful with our products and services. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, in any organization, comp drives behavior, right? So um, our customer success team is adoption uh, focused. And they really kind of serve uh, our clients as really best practice advisors and, you know, really that trusted advisor to the customers. So we've decoupled revenue, upsell, cross-sell, renewal uh, from our customer success um, efforts. And, you know, I think that that in itself helps to drive um, customers for life because it then you know, the, the relationship itself is less about the contract um, or dollars and cents. And it's more about let's make sure that, you know, you are receiving a lot of value from our products. Mm -hmm. And I always like to ask, what are some things that you look for when hiring a customer success manager? Um, mm -hmm. Or what do you look for in a good customer success manager? Yeah, I think that, you know, when I think about the customer success teams that I've designed, built, and operationalized across all companies, and not just Oracle, I think that the best customer success managers that have been the most successful are folks that have a nice blend of IQ and EQ. And so, you know, I'm thinking about uh, folks who have 
that are very personable. They are, um, you know, maybe even folksy or chatty. Um, somebody that, that the customer is going to feel very comfortable with and get to know. There can be a, you know, relationships come easy to those folks. Um, you know, usually these are the kids in school that everybody <laughs> that everybody wanted to hang out with, right? It's that type of a personality. And then you, you want to mix it with, you know, the technical side of, you know, you don't necessarily, in my mind, customer success managers don't have to understand all of the nuts and bolts of the, pro- uh, the products or services that they are supporting, but they do need to have enough knowledge that they can speak at an applied level. Right. They can provide a customer with a demo. They can provide a customer with a walkthrough um, that's going to help that customer understand a little bit more about how to meet their use case. Um, Things along that line. I think that for me, those are the those are the 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 characteristics of a CSM that I'm looking for. Nice. And do you have any particular questions you like to ask when you're hiring or that like really pinpoint whether or not they have those qualities? Yeah, it, to be honest with you, no, I don't have questions that I like to ask. I like to develop conversations. And can, you know, and so what I'm really looking for is in a conversation which is very similar to this one, right? There's a lot of good back and forth. There's a lot of um, uh, sharing of information. Um, you know, the body language is good. There's, you know, those are the things that I look for first because that tells me, you know, their relationship skills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, customer success is all about relationships. So and creating Absol- that strong relationship. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> Imagine how awkward it would be if you were dealing with somebody who sat like this, never blinked, and never moved their head, and didn't lean into a conversation or something to that effect. Right? That's when it gets a little strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. So good. That's a good one. Um, but, and then I guess, what is your definition of customer success? Because you've seen it evolve from like this, you didn't even, it wasn't even called customer success when you first started in something similar. Um, and now it's, it's it's a term that we're all using. So what is your definition of customer success? You know, that's a really interesting, um, I think for me, my definition of customer success is not necessarily the acts that we do today. It's the end result for the client. Um, again, it's are they you know, getting value? If they're able to land their use cases and they're able to improve their businesses in whatever way that is, right, um, that is customer success. Um, you know, are they able to enact uh, you know, something new within that technology that they might be subscribing to that's going to help that that organization or the subscribe, you know, the scri- subscribing customer, if you will. Um, it's going to help them grow. Is it going to help them win against their competitors or gain more clients or, you know, whatever that situation is, you know, maybe it's going to save them money. Maybe it's going to preserve their own, you know, um, human capital. Maybe it's going to, you know, any of those things, right? If that customer is winning at those levels, that to me is customer success. Um, And that's through the partnership between the SaaS software provider and the end client. Yeah. That's a great answer. Um, and then do you have any tips for uh, people starting in customer success um, yeah. or trying to advocate for customer success in their organization? Um, because yeah. sometimes it's difficult to get that started. 
it can be difficult to get it started. And, and not only that, but, you know, when you're early days in your customer success journey, it can feel a lot like you're standing at the bottom of a mountain and you're looking up trying to figure out, wow, okay, how am I going to do this thing? Um, I would say I've got two pieces of advice for folks in their early days. One, define a purpose absolutely define the purpose. What is the true north of your customer success team? Are you there to break fix? Are you there to manage escalations? Are you there to um, be, uh, you know, adoption focused? Are you there for renewal only? What is that thing? Because from there, all other things fall into place, which is inclusive of the type of folks that you're going to hire, the team structure you're going to have, the services that you're going to provide to all of your clients. Um, you know, the metrics that you track, all of those things will come from what are we doing? What's true north? Which direction are we headed? Um, the second thing is, is start small. Um, elephants don't get eaten in one giant bite. Uh, <laughs> customer success is, to be honest, I believe that customer success is nothing more than small ball. And so if you think, if you're a baseball fan like I am, then, you know, it's a bunt here. It's a base hit here. It's a small program that you release and it works, right? You tune it in and it works even better. You release something else. Um, to, to come out of the gate swinging for the fence, that's where, again, you feel like you're at that bottom of the mountain and it can feel very, very intimidating and it feels, and it is because it's a lot. Um, so I would say, you know, absolutely pick your battles, choose, you know, choose your true North and nibble away at where you're going to go because you'll see very quickly, especially in a smaller organization, you're going to feel it. This is working. This is not working (laughs) and you'll be able to iterate accordingly. Okay, great. That's awesome advice. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, yeah. it's been so nice talking to you. Like, this was a very, very fun interview for me to do. So, thank oh, you. <laughs> thank you so much to everyone for listening again this week. And we will be back with more content very soon. But don't forget, please, to subscribe, write us reviews, tell us what you like, what you don't like, share it with friends, um, anyone that you know that's interested in SaaS or customer success. We would love it and much appreciate it. Thank you so much. We will talk to you next time.